Before I start today's podcast, I want to say a big thank you again to my listeners for listening. I've just started an email for the podcast at alt.history at outlook.com. That's A-L-T dot H-I-S-T-O-R-Y at outlook.com where you can connect with me directly. Please make sure to follow, like, subscribe on your podcast listening platform of choice. Thank you so very much. Are you a private person? Do you value your privacy? Privacy is the ability for you or your family and friends to prevent information about yourselves from becoming available to those who you do not want to go to. That information can be all kinds of things. It can be an activity, ideas, thoughts, discussions, consumption habits, financial information, medical details, who you meet, and so on. The list is actually endless. Let me give you a vivid example. If you want to use the toilet, would you A, wish to do so in the public eye, or B, in private, all alone? Most people would like their privacy, and indeed the rest of the population would also like you to keep your privacy. Even more importantly, if you know small children, would you want their information available to anyone? Of course not. But you would like to know if a restaurant is good or not. You would like to visit the French Alps next year. You may want to book a hotel in Melbourne or get a great deal on a flight. You may want to pay using your phone, watch or credit card. You may be getting paid by your employer and want to use that money to buy stocks or even a new home. Maybe you want to text or call a friend. All those forces you to give up some privacy. Privacy is an overly complex topic because everything I just stated strips you of that privacy. To get the benefits and to interact with others, you need to give up some privacy. I love my privacy. I am sure you do too. So many people do. Yet, unless we want to live outside the digital world, live beyond the means of the government, beyond corporations and others, you end up giving away your privacy or some degree of your privacy. What are governments and corporations anyway? They're institutions. They are jam-packed full of people who want privacy. They want privacy for themselves, but less so for you. That is what we all want. It would be nice to know a few data points about someone else so you can get a better deal on a property you just want to buy. If you knew someone who would attack you before they did the attack, then you can do something about it. You could prevent it. If you run a business and knew what the competition were up to, then that is a major bonus. That's why companies who can spend a lot of money on research development and OES competitor analysis make sure you spend that spend. That is why governments who can spend a lot of money on spy games, espionage, information gathering and so on, they spend the spend. Intelligence is hacking someone else's privacy. It begs a question then, do we just have a mirage of privacy? Those of us who spend our lives glued to our digital phones typically focus on technology companies and their governmental paymasters as the main hackers of our private lives. 
But privacy is as ancient to humans as when the early peoples decided they needed to use the bathroom without someone watching. Hacking that privacy is when the next tribe would be wondering when you would be using the bathroom so they can attack you and steal your stuff. This was and is the ground reality of what we are dealing with as animals. Even though a desire for privacy is ancient, codifying it and then attaching privacy as a right rather than privilege and or privacy linked to dignity or honor is relatively new. Privacy, in my view, is not to be confused with cultural norms or conservative attitudes. That is not the same thing. Some cultures enforce modesty. Others have behavioral differences. However, that does not exclude that person from having their privacy hacked or them giving away their privacy willingly or unwillingly. Noam Chomsky said, and I quote, it's dangerous when people are willing to give up their privacy, end quote. Another way to think about privacy is actually by asking people. Who better to ask than famous celebrities? These are often the most private people and the most privacy deprived. Here are some quotes. I believe in my privacy. I always have and I always will. I don't think that my private life needs to be on display for me to get a better response at the box office or for me to get a better choice of movies. Kajol, Indian actress. Privacy is not something that I'm merely entitled to. It's an absolute prerequisite. US actor Marlon Brando. The worst thing about being famous is the invasion of your privacy. US singer Justin Timberlake. I'm allowed to maintain some modicum of privacy, but also I would like not to be picked apart or for people to observe when I put on 10 pounds or take off 10 pounds, or I have a hair extension out of place for my fake tan is botched. Australian singer, Sia. Sometimes giving up your privacy is a little like going to the dentist and we have to let him have access that no one has ever had before. US artist, Tom Petty. Fame, do I like it? No. It has brought a lot for me in my career, but there are a lot of downsides to it. You give up your privacy. I did it to myself, but not to my family and friends. You don't ask for it. You just have to live with it. British actress and model, Clara Delvine. Saying that you don't care about the right to privacy because you have nothing to hide is no different than saying you don't care about freedom of speech because you have nothing to say. French musician, French musician Jean-Michel Jarre. And my absolute favorite, I have as much privacy as a goldfish in a bowl. Princess Margaret from the Royal House of Windsor. For all the fame and fortune these people have, it's privacy that they don't have. And in the case of politicians, famous corporate leaders and journalists or TV personalities that have no privacy either, even though these people have a ton of power and influence. So much of their life is projected in multiple media formats that celebrities crave for that one thing the rest of us peasants do have. We have some semblance of privacy. Think about it. The most famous band in the world ever, the Beatles. John Lennon was assassinated in 1980. In 1999, George Harrison was attacked in his home with someone wielding a knife. 
he was almost killed. It's no wonder famous people need security. One, to protect them, and two, to give them what they crave, some privacy. That goes for any celebrity, including sports stars. What about corporate leaders? Elon Musk of Tesla and SpaceX fame comes to mind. He and his behavior are the marketing department of that company or those companies. If you look at his Twitter, he has over 55 million followers. We know who he's married to, his child's name. These people have to buy their safety. They have to buy their privacy. Politicians. Many of you detest politicians. Some detest all politicians. Some revere some and detest others. Political figures in democracies knowingly and voluntarily for power give up freedoms to be in the public eye. Unlike a popular celebrity or a corporate celebrity, a political celebrity, yes, a political celebrity, they all are, every one of them, a political celebrity's job is to exchange their privacy for power. They are constantly harassed on social and other media platforms. Just look at the social media comments against Trump right there on his Twitter feed when he had it. You will see littered in it a torrent of abuse. You need a really thick skin to manage that. Remember that Princess Margaret quote I mentioned a couple of minutes ago? She said, I have as much privacy as a goldfish in a bowl. For a modern royal, you are a celebrity. You have no power. You're always in the media, not of your choosing, because you are born into it. You cannot defend yourself. You are loved and loathed all at once. You have security for your entire life. In short, you have all the bad parts of loss of privacy without any upside. It is all duty. In the good old days, at least, you had power. In a constitutional democracy, you are lucky to have that. If you want to know how it feels to be in a goldfish bowl, do not ask the goldfish. Just watch the life of a modern constitutional royal. Chances are, none of my listeners are celebrities, political hacks, corporate leaders, popular, or royal. Though, of course, if you are, then I am more than honored to have you. Anyway, let's refocus back to me and you, the common people. In the animal world, there is no privacy. It's all out in the open. We are animals too. Early on, we were just like other fellow animals ourselves. But over time, ritual and other cultural norms changed our behavior. Some modern tribes still live in remote forests, jungles, or island communities. In those communities, the nature of privacy is different from, say, a beach in Bali, or Paris in the winter, or Tehran in the summer. Note, too, that in societies, today's society, 2021, with places with high degrees of homelessness and poverty, eating, drinking, procreation, may happen in just one room, because that's all people have. Many poor people must use the bathroom in the open, highly dangerous for women, who for privacy choose to go at night. Privacy matters, but modern expectations of human privacy may be an anomaly, an exception and not the rule. Of course, for us humans, privacy, this is a good thing. The ability to do something in private, even if that is a 10-minute meditation, 6-hour sleep, or listen to this podcast while doing some housework, is precious security 
peace of mind, and fun. Privacy does matter. Your privacy matters. So does mine. It matters in our homes, at work, on vacation, at hospital, in our car, walking in a park. Anywhere we need to have a private moment, we should take it and be thankful for it. Or is that privacy an illusion, a placebo? Do we just have a sense of privacy? Do we have only a degree or two of privacy more than a regular celebrity? That may depend on where you live. Your and my instinct may be both private and public, but we control the public to what we want the public to know about us. Who wants access to your privacy anyway? Well, corporations, advertisers, governments, potential employers, the list is actually quite extensive. Given the general newness of privacy, we're all willing to trade in our privacy for certain benefits. If you, for example, let Google read your emails, send you targeted ads, you get to use a powerful email system for completely free. If Facebook can do the same, you get to use Facebook for free. You might also let MasterCard know what you buy. You also let your bank know your income and expenses. You give up a lot of info to get a loan. You are willing to be searched and in the post-COVID world, maybe show medical cards just to board a flight. It's actually unbelievable how much we give up for free. Even though we like to think we are private people, we are actually very public. We are just not public, but proactively public and very social at that. To some degree, it's the contract you technically have with your government. If you live in or visit a supposedly free country, such as the USA, the UK or Germany and so on, you have a certain expectation of that government and its institutions. Sure, some snooping into your privacy is okay and even acceptable or to be expected in order to help you, maybe to protect you. Your understanding or contract with the authorities is that they stay out of your home, workplace and digital life. In China, that expectation and contract with the government differs. The degree of snooping is different. The understanding between government and people is different. In China, it's understood that the government is snooping on you. What we know from companies like Facebook and Google is that you are the product. It's natural. You gave up the right to privacy by using their service. You post your own info on there. You use the system. It's not just Google or Facebook, though. To be fair, everyone who can afford to hack privacy does it. But what about the government? We know from leaks by WikiLeaks and Edward Snowden that the freedom-loving democracies are as susceptible to snooping on their own people as China is. In the freer countries, it is simply done behind closed doors with tacit support from corporations and friendly foreign governments, while in China or places like Saudi Arabia or Iran, it's just the expectation that you will be snooped on. Privacy laws do exist. So what are they? Well, 
Privacy law is a law that deals with the regulation, storing and using of personally identifiable information, including personal healthcare information and financial information of individuals, which can be controlled by governments, public or private organizations or other individuals. It also applies in the commercial sector to things like trade secrets and the ability sorry, and the liability that directors, officers and employees have when handling sensitive information. There's something called the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. What that states is that everyone has the right to privacy. The interpretation of these rights varies by country to country, though. Article 17 of the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights of the United Nations from 1966 also protects privacy. It says, and I quote, no one shall be subjected to arbitrary or unlawful interference with his privacy, family, home or correspondence, nor to unlawful attacks on his honor and regulation. Everyone has the right to protection of the law, such as interference or attacks. End quote. On the 18th of December 2013, the United Nations General Assembly adopted a resolution called Resolution 68167, on the right to privacy in the digital age. The resolution makes references to the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and reaffirms the fundamental protected human right of privacy. The 1995 European Union Data Protection Directive, officially known as Directive 9546EC, recognized the authority of national data protection authorities and required that all member states adhere to a universal privacy protection standard. EU member states were supposed to adopt strict privacy laws that are no more relaxed than the framework provided by the directive. Additionally, the directive outlines that non-EU countries must adopt privacy legislation of equal restriction in order to be allowed to exchange personal data with EU countries. Furthermore, companies in non-EU countries must also adopt privacy standards of at least equal restriction as provided in the directive in order to do business with companies located in EU countries. Thus, the directive has also influenced the development of privacy legislation in non-European countries. The General Data Protection Regulation, also known as the GDPR, has replaced the Data Protection Directive of 1995 when it came into effect on the 25th of May 2018. A notable contribution that has come from the GDPR is its recognition of a right to be forgotten which requires any group that collects data on individuals to delete the data related to an individual upon that individual's request. The regulation was influenced by the European Convention on Human Rights. The group APEC, or Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, created a voluntary privacy framework that was adopted by all 21 member economies in 2004 in an attempt to improve general information privacy and the cross-border transfer of information. The framework consists of nine privacy principles that act as minimum standards for privacy protection. Preventing harm, notice, collection and limitation, use of personal information, choice integrity of personal information, security safeguards, access and correction, and accountability. 
In 2011, APEC implemented the APEC cross-border privacy rule system with the goal of balancing the flow of information and data across borders, essential to trust and confidence in the online marketplace. The four agreed-upon rules of the system are based upon the APEC privacy framework and include self-assessment, compliance review, recognition acceptance, and dispute resolution and enforcement. In China, the national security law and the cybersecurity law of the People's Republic of China passed in 2015 gives public security and security departments great powers to collect all kinds of information, forcing individuals to use network services to submit private information for explicit monitoring purposes and forcing network operators to store data within China in unrestricted technical support from the security department that needs to be provided. This is also sometimes known as the Great Firewall of China. Article 40 of the Constitution of China stipulates that, and I quote, The freedom and confidentiality of communications of citizens of the People's Republic of China are protected by law, except for the needs of national security or the pursuit of criminal offences. Public security organs shall inspect communications in accordance with the procedures prescribed by law. No organization or individual may infringe on citizens' freedom of communication and confidentiality for any reason. End quote. In India, the right to privacy is a fundamental right and an intrinsic part of Article 21 that protects life and liberty of the citizens as part of the freedoms guaranteed by Part 3 of the Constitution. In June 2011, India passed subordinate legislation that included various new rules that apply to compliance and consumers. A key aspect of the new rules required that any organization that processes personal information must obtain written consent from the data subjects before undertaking certain activities. However, application and enforcement of these rules is still relatively uncertain. On the 24th of August 2017, a nine-judge bench of the Supreme Court of India unanimously held that the right to privacy is an intrinsic part of the right to life and personal liberty under Article 21 of the Constitution. In the US, the right to privacy is not explicitly stated anywhere in the Bill of Rights. The idea of a right to privacy was first addressed within a legal context. In short, the privacy laws of the U.S. deal with several different legal concepts. The essence of the law derives from a right to privacy defined broadly as the right to be let alone. It usually excludes personal matters or activities which may be of public interest, like those of celebrities or participants in newsworthy events. Invasion of the right to privacy can be the basis for a lawsuit for damages against the person or entity violating the right. These include the Fourth Amendment, right to be free of unwarranted search or seizure, the First Amendment, right to be free, and the Fourteenth Amendment, due to process rights recognized by the Supreme Court as protecting a general right to privacy within family, marriage, motherhood, procreation, and child-rearing. There are other countries where privacy is in the Constitution, like Nigeria or South Africa. Many countries base their privacy law 
on English common law because there were subsidiaries of the British Empire. That includes countries like Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. But most countries do not have privacy laws. Examples include Bangladesh, Egypt, Panama, Maldives, Belize, and many more. Notice how not one country, not even the European Union, gives up their own right to snoop on their own people. The laws typically apply to private companies, not government entities. This means you may be an EU citizen who visits the US or China, then your privacy gets compromised for the duration of your visit to China or the US. And of course, the EU itself has the right to snoop on you while you're in the EU. That is what's happening today. Think about the future. In the future, as biotechnology becomes more widespread, improved quantum computing happens, more and more governments and corporations will control our digital cookies. Your privacy will get further eroded. You may or may not be okay with that. But you will find that new technology will impact your privacy. But the downside risk is that they more know more about you. You will be in the public domain or stored in a secret corporate and government data center. I also think that in the future, privacy hacks will happen in our own homes and in the physical world. And if we have a neural link attached to our brains right inside of us. So not just in the digital space, but in the physical space. Cyber hacks will steal our personal information and then get it traded for pennies on the dark web. Unless really you're willing to give up creature comforts, modern technology, health, finance, or the willingness to travel anywhere in the world, or heck, even your retirement. You'd have to go off and live in a remote home somewhere in the wilderness. Unless you want to do that, you're better off playing it safe and intelligently shifting between public and private lives. Remember how bad it is for the famous. You have been listening to an alternative history podcast. Please like, subscribe, follow on your podcast platform of choice. Thank you again so very much.